0: and on Instagram and Twitter at BurnedByBooks. Let's start the show. Deepthi Kapoor's riveting crime drama, Age of Vice, opens with a horrible car accident. A rich man's luxury car barrels into a group of the very poorest, sleeping outside in 2004 Delhi. This seeming accident will spark a series of events connecting a wealthy crime family, an investigative journalist, and a young man who begins life on the lowest rung of Indian society, but ends up somewhere wholly different. So begins Kapoor's utterly engrossing thriller, which will propel us across India, touching every corner of the country to reveal the ways in which power and privilege always brush up against poverty and invisibility. The Wadia family, rich beyond imagination, pulls the strings for the power players that make Delhi run. The heir to the family crime fortune, Sunny, is both charming and violent, drug addled and ambitious. On the other side of the world of privilege, A.J. is born into nothing in Uttar Pradesh, awash in a, a world of poverty in which his family sells him into slavery to meet out an existence. Through a stroke of luck and his own natural intelligence, A.J. will find himself rising within the power structures of that family. First as a servant, then bodyguard, then confidant, His rise will challenge every conception of morality and goodness that he can manage to hold on to as he becomes a hired killer, a prisoner, and a man of terrible power. Binding the two of them is Neda Kapoor, an investigative journalist who is drawn to Sunny's cultured charms but disgusted by the depravity upon which they're built. These three lives will test the premise of global capital in a story that asks whether we can excuse violence when it is a means to climb out of poverty, and most importantly, whether redemption is possible once you are awash in privilege that is built on violence. The result is a novel that pulls you into its world and works the kind of literary imagination that dissolves your reality in favor of story. Rife with moral complexity and the drama of terrible choices in impossible situations, Age of Vice combines the best of crime drama with a literary eye to the complexities of characters pushed to their extremes. This novel has so much to say about global inequity and the sorrows it produces. It's not to be missed. The author, Deepti Kapoor, grew up in northern India and worked for several years as journalist in New Delhi. The author of the novel, Bad Character, she now lives in Portugal with her husband. Welcome, Deepti.
1: Hi, Chris. Uh, thank you uh, for having me on your podcast and that um, introduction, which is possibly one of the best um, summaries of the novel that I have heard
0: oh, thank um, you so, so much. far.
1: So thank you very much.
0: No, thank you. And I just loved getting lost in Age of Vice. It's absolutely compelling. And, and part of it is really these characters, which you give such wonderful backstories. The core story of A.J. and his rise from orphan sold into slavery as a child to a major figure in the Wadia crime family expands out to open up the stories of other characters whose lives will intersect with him. How did this web of characters come to you, and and what was the j- original germ of AJ's story?
1: Well, um, I don't. Um, so, with at least with the way I write fiction, is that I don't think of a theme, um, and then I think, okay, I'm going to, in order to uh, illustrate and dramatize this theme, I'm going to create characters. I I have people that I have um known through my life or maybe heard someone's story and it's very fascinating and then i work from people first and then the the themes emerge and having said that of course i had lived for you know and, and still go back to Delhi a lot. My mother lives there. So Delhi was this place that I knew and know very well, especially that millennial Delhi, the time between 98 to 2008 when I lived there, I studied and worked as a journalist, um, a time of great change because we were, uh, India was moving from a socialist economy to a capitalist one. So everything was, was changing, Delhi was exploding. Uh, and, and coming back to the characters, the, the character for Sunny and, and Neda, you know, Neda is partially based on me, but not completely. I've just kind of stolen a few details from my own life, but otherwise have created her from, you know, people I've known. Um, her, she's a, she's a daughter of culturally elite family who lives in a very powerful address in Delhi. I, I didn't have any of that. Um, Sunny is like men that I have uh, grown up around and watched into you know young boys who then became quite uh privileged um often um disaffected young men and now have um a men of who also hold great power themselves and um these two characters i had a hold on but and and an idea that i wanted to write a delhi novel that had been sort of simmering hmm. um for a long time but I, I i always knew there was something missing so there was this idea of trying to make it like gatsby and and there's the, you ah, know, that's there was... so
0: interesting i felt that um while reading it and i wondered whether this was a a, a gatsby esque.
1: yeah i mean i was i was always fascinated having watched some of these incredibly rich, privileged people be, be quite cruel and callous with people around them. And not just, you know, servants, but their say, peers and contemporaries and then sort of retreat behind their wealth. And, and I thought, okay, this, this would be an interesting novel, but I, I think it felt a little bit close to my first novel, to Bad Character. And I also felt that I, I wanted to do something more Um, And a a novel which is set in India, um, New India, about the rich, very, very, I I mean, is also basically a novel about inequality and extreme inequality. Mm -hmm. And I was traveling um, in my 30s, about 10 years back, actually, in the mountains. And I met a young boy who had a story like Ajay, who had been uh, sold or sent off by his family in order to pay off a debt. He was working in a guest house. He was... um, very smart just full of hope and optimism for this future for his future which I didn't see much hope there but I mean you know he he was just incredibly sweet and loyal and kind and um it was and that's really when the writer's brain started to click and 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 I thought that okay I can combine these these three stories these three characters and um I had I'd, I'd watched in my years in Delhi um, a lot of these young men who worked in these private mansions as servants, as chauffeurs, as bodyguards, also, and they kind of, they were again invisible, but they weren't invisible. They watched everything, uh, they listened, and um, yeah, and and that's when this the story of the character of Ajay was born from this this sort of years of observation. And uh, that's when the novel, the germ of the novel, I mean, that's when I had it. And that's when I could start working
0: Mm. Ajay's story is a picaresque mixed with a crime thriller. And he's, he's quite a chameleon, at least at first, learning how to listen and learn and survive in situations that require him to do as he is told. When the opportunity comes to him to rise up, even the tiniest step in the world from nothing to something, he takes it and runs with it. It's a survival instinct. But that instinct also makes him a killer, and for much of the novel, kind of a slave. Do you see his choices as amoral, sort of outside of the bounds of morality because of the impossibility of his circumstances? Or does that context burn away when he is crossing these um, existential lines of, of killing or acting on the behalf of terrible people?
1: Oh, that's a really interesting question. I never... Um... I never see Ajay's choices as uh, outside the bounds of morality. I feel like he is uh, someone who is trapped by his, um, you know, his upbringing, his his background, and he's constantly trying to break free um, from these constraints. Um, And he's, I mean, I I think he makes choices that, uh, and he he does things that, you know, he's it's almost like he doesn't have the right ways of looking at what, whether an act is moral or immoral. Immoral. So it's it, it's almost he's 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 trapped and he wants to please. I mean that's his 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 biggest strength, but also his his greatest failing. His he his desire to please, his desire to mm-hmm. belong, and then that makes him want to belong to Sunny and the Vadis. Uh, makes him makes him uh, do things that you know he wouldn't have done otherwise it's like he gets trapped and then manipulated by these very powerful forces
0: You cover an unbelievable amount of ground in India in the novel. Uttar Mm. Pradesh, Delhi, Rajasthan, Goa. The distances geographically are huge, but each of these regions is culturally and linguistically different, often on the scale of a different country altogether. Was it intimidating to deal with the whole of such a diverse nation? And did you rely on your knowledge of these places, or were you doing research?
1: both. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, you know, I didn't, and, um, I'm glad you picked, um, on that and how, how diverse India is. Cause I often have like people from outside tell me that they're going to India and, you know, that they want to do all the whole country in two weeks. Just, you know, I, I I'll tell them try doing Europe in two weeks. You know?
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: so, um, And I, you know, I didn't cover the South. So (laughs) that's a whole different novel. And um, I a lot of it is based on my own travels. Um, I mean, I lived and worked in Delhi. I'm from my family comes from UP. I was born there. I went back for my summer holidays. My grandma lived in these kind of like very um, small uh, criminal towns. She worked as a gynecologist. um, And she was a sort of uh, she had a small hospital um, in a place very close to Agra, in a place called Ferozabad. So I watched, um, and this is. Um a place where where you can see that relationship between criminality and politics emerge in the 90s, and then become stronger and more powerful in 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 the you know in the early years of the millennium. So it was it's and then I and then there was travels in the mountains, tra- living in Goa. I lived in Goa for a while, but actually not for a while for for many years with my husband. So um, and and then whatever gaps there were in my knowledge, I um, you know you plug with research. But at least for places in India, I always um, like to set them in where places that I know and know intimately.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could you could feel that knowledge in in the different places, and I, I feel like you gave the texture to how how different they feel, both in terms of there's just the pure geography, but also in in the ways in which capitalism kind of touches them differently, which I think is important for how the story changes as Ajay moves from place to place. I'm interested in talking for a second about Sunny Vadia. He's this compelling monster. He's yeah. he's char- he's charming and sophisticated and smart and wily, always looking to play a, a better hand than his father, whatever the cost to the people around him. Early in the novel from Ajay's perspective, he comes off as sort of a bumbling drug addict, a wash in in money and power that he didn't earn, but as his character develops, we get more of a complicated story, enough that we even root for him at times. How does Sunny exist uh, in your mind?
1: It's a great question. He's a charming sociopath, <laughs> no, <laughs> often. Um, he's, he's an empty monster. He is um, a, a poor little rich boy. You know, he is so many different uh, things. It, it, it was challenging for me to write Sunny because I often felt like, um, you know, inhabiting emptiness or oh, a cold heart. How mm-hmm. do you write that uh, with empathy? Um, so, so that you know, readers can feel that too. I mean, some of them. Um, you know, he's he's a. Uh, it's 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 interesting because I think he has. Um, Good intentions, but he's severely self-deluded mm. and um, has an idea of um, that he is a, a much better person than he actually is. I mean, and then of course he has this—the uh, big elephant in the room is his father, and you know how he—he he knows that he can never live up to what his father wants him to be. He has that; he doesn't have that ruthlessness that comes so easily to his father uh, to Bunti. He—he doesn't. And then he's he's also like he he's actually someone who 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 does also want to come across as being a good person. I'm not sure if he is a good person.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I, 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 felt, I felt like he wasn't. But as you say, his. It, the the way in which he measures himself is all yeah. according to how this family has taught him to to measure things and the context of being being constantly untouched by the things in in India that you know Managed to touch everyone else's lives. He remains invincible from in some ways. Um, there have been some comparisons between Age of Vice and Mario Puzo's The Godfather, <laughs> even the echo of Sonny's name, Sonny Cor- Corleone. For mm-hmm. me, though, the strongest connections in plot and theme were with Vikram Chandra's Sacred Games mm. or Aravind Adiga's the, the White Tiger and, and maybe even Mohsin Hamid's How to Get Filthy Rich in Rising Asia. Do any of these titles red- register with you and, and what crime family stories were inspirations?
1: Well, yeah, I, I'm always um, um, amused by the comparisons with *The Godfather*. I think, and um, and I think it's because it, there is a bit of that father-son dynamic. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I yes, yeah, *Sacred Games*. I can see, you know, there is of course I the relationship between. I mean, this is of course between. You know, you have Gaitonde and you have. This is it's, it's set in Mumbai. Mm. Um, so the world is just different, but you know not completely different. And there's crime and violence. I have not read How to Get Filthy Rich in Rising Asia, and I want to. It's on my it's on my uh, radar. I, uh, but I, I I I can definitely see these these themes because this is. Um, you know, the last 20, 25 years in India and Pakistan, in countries in you know developing countries in South Asia, have been characterized by transition of the economies, of sort of capitalism coming in and money pouring in, creation of middle classes. But all the, um, the uh, you know, the idea that uh, there is a certain amount of social mobility that someone who comes from an ex- incredibly poor, um, deprived. Marginal background can also make it, but then there is all the other forces in the way, and and that's I think again what um, Mosin Hamid and Arvind Adiga do really well. Mm. You know, they they get those voices of these 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 men who are kind of trapped in these violent systems, trying to break free, and. And then, of course, the question that you asked earlier, um, which I think really applies to all these other books as well, is: you know, does Ajay think he's an amoral person? Do his actions mm. constitute uh, immorality, or or is he just a victim of this of this the system?
0: Yeah, and and Adiga and. And you are, are are very interested in whether you know a character in the middle of that moment where they're sort of making those choices can ever step back and have some ability to kind of reflect on and 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 think about those choices, or whether it's it's such a sort of survival instinct that you almost can't consider it in the moment. And I wonder if you, as you were writing, you were thinking for ways because it is in the end a story about whether you can kind of reconcile yourself after having done these things whether you thought about how ajay would would be able to reflect upon them
1: yeah i mean would he would he have the the skills or you know the and and to be able to reflect upon them i mean will he be because he hasn't had any kind of formal education does he know how to you know he he starts to work for a, a criminal family pretty early in his life so you know if that's his schooling then what's right and what's wrong but I uh, I mean, I'm yeah, writing two more books. It's a trilogy, and I, I'm exploring that for specifically for Ajay's character.
0: Oh, I it, didn't know that. Oh, how fantastic! Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, great.
1: Yeah, I know. It's it's interesting because they haven't. The publishers didn't say it's a trilogy, and then yeah, there's, no. been a, <laughs> there's been a there's been a lot of uh, people who feel like the end end is not resolved completely. Yes, it's not because uh, there are more books. Um, I wasn't Oh, yeah, done, it's very
0: open open open-ended it's a, yeah it's... and I
1: think that because well you're as as someone who you know you're you're a professor and you you you're good with that right I, mm. I don't know you know if if, if you see a book of a book you know of a novel lacks resolution you still go with it and I think there are so many readers out there um said and you know I've been reading some reviews and um they they come come into it because it's uh, it promises to be a, a thriller and, you know, thrillers always need some kind of resolution. You know, often they're just escapist fiction. You, mm. you read them knowing that something terrible is going to happen in the beginning, which will be, um, you know, that, that wrong will be righted. And it's not. So um, coming back to the original question. Yeah. Ajay aj is going to, he's going to go on a journey. And I wasn't done with uh, his, any of the characters or the world, which is why um I'm writing two more novels.
0: Well, that's great news. Uh, and I I personally am a proponent of uh, Virginia Woolf's idea of the novel as a, a loose baggy monster. And I, I like all the, you know, untied up loose ends. And I, I would have been perfectly happy with it as, as it ended now. But I am excited that there are okay. others
1: to come. Well, I'm, I'm very pleased with your response. Loose baggy. Um yeah, losing baggy. that's that's me too. as a reader, i'm I'm always um you know open and I do like uh, you know it's it's hard to uh, um to end novels because you know life doesn't just end so swiftly or easily yeah. or you know completely. but um I think so many people who read certain kinds of genre fiction expect resolution
0: yeah and 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 you know, being, having the genre of sort of crime thriller uh, you know, put on top of your book, whether you want it or not, um, comes with these assumptions of, of resolutions, like those who have done, done wrong will pay, um, and those who have you know, made good choices will, will ultimately be lifted up. And, but the novel itself is, is more interested in complicated answers to the, those questions, I think.
1: Absolutely. And I, I often uh think of, you know, where where I stand, um, is it is it going to be wish fulfillment for the characters, you know, or are we going to go into that territory or are we is it going to be a reflection of reality? And and, and try as I might, I always kind of go towards the 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 more messy um, reality, which mm. is um, you know, often not very kind to the characters.
0: No, and as people, as, anyway. as is you know the case in real life, so Absolutely. I think that that's the way to do it. My, um, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, character is is Neda. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, she's a daughter of intellectuals who privilege knowledge as as wealth, and she you know falls in with Sunny. You you play wonderfully with hiding your cards about her she comes into the story first as sort of a kinder version of Sunny's other terrible girlfriends and one who's decent to Ajay. Mm -hmm. But then we get to move forward and backward in time and see her choices and watch her come in to be lured into that life of money and and then regret that servitude that comes along with it. Was that slow reveal using the sort of time machine of the novel with competing chapters about Neda always the way you planned to introduce her?
1: I mean, I wanted I, I wanted to start with Ajay's story and then it just felt, um, after Ajay, it felt natural to introduce Nita And also because Ajay has partial knowledge you know, he's not being able to, he he sees only a very kind of, uh, he has a very fixed understanding and narrow understanding of the world and of Sunny and, and his own place in the world. And with Nether and her character, it felt like through her, I could explain um, the world, you know, to everyone. She was the 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 biggest, the great, the, the translator. Um, mm-hmm. But also, um, you know, I was so interested in exploring the idea of co- compromise and complicity with Nada. you know, she's, she, she in the beginning, Neda always thinks of herself as a, as a good person, um, you know, and, and she, she can be, but then of course, as, a, as, as the story unfolds and you see the kind of choices that she ultimately ends up making and the people that she en- and eventually ends up betraying are, you know, that, that kind of like, it, it's, it's, it's not pretty. It, it's, it's, um and it's it, the middle class and the upper middle class in india and you know i guess i could i could fall into that category is that you know you we think we're good people but how can you sometimes when you when you are sitting on top of a desperately unequal ladder hmm. and that corruption and complicity that the 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 rich and the privileged make in india constantly with their morality in order to kind of live their comfortable secure lives is is something that i could you know i wanted to explore and and Neda was this perfect character to do it with
0: yeah you're you're um you're illuminating something for me in the book that i I felt was very true, which is that you're interested in two kinds of violence in this novel. One is the, you know, the very visible sort of flashy physical violence that happens because of the the crime dealings of the novel. But the other is the violence of uh, a life in a capitalist system that allows someone to to live in uh, unbelievable privilege when it is built upon absolute Poverty, and so that those two kinds of violence are constantly intertwined. Were you thinking in those terms?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, again, you just uh, put everything um, so so simply. (laughs) Um, Yes, I was basically for me the idea was that there's this 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 violence of of just being. part of this system in, you know, um, kind of like that, the rich, and the, the the way the rich and the privileged live where they're, you know, just by the act of their living, mm-hmm. you are, you are depriving so many poor people or depriving so many people of basic necessities, you know, and that's, that happens on a day-to-day basis. So you kind of like, in order to survive, you sort of like shut your eyes and say, I'm not, I'm not going to care. Um, and then there is the other violence, um, and that violence is like it's 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 right there, and then I feel it in, especially in North India where I come from, UP. It's like it's always hovering, you know, that kind of um, not just male violence, but it, a lot lots of it is very male and masculine, and it's there, and it's it's also the violence of 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 a rapid of capitalism, you know, of, of people becoming, some people becoming incredibly rich um and the rest not Mm. and then there's the you know and 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 how like you have this kind of interdependence of these two worlds and and how they mix and how it's really messy and chaotic and and I was trying to put all of that in the novel I had all of these ideas so yeah that's that, that those were some of my intentions
0: and, and for Ajay, it, it becomes a, a question of how do you free yourself from, from multiple masters, direct masters of the Vadya family, but also, as you're describing it, being mastered by, you know, becoming okay with the way that that capitalist society will, will use and abuse you in order to keep this structure in place. How do you think about that kind of quest for Ajay? Which is, I, I guess, also reflected in, in Neda, at least at the beginning, when she says, I don't want to be under anyone's control. I don't want to be having to be told what to do. Do those two things come together for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, with... With Ajay, it was definitely how do you, you know, you, you sort of, um, you know, he's he's kind of like an orphan, and he needs to find a way to belong and please, um, and then he gets kind of cast aside by the system. I mean, and this is the thing: Ajay is so expendable, um, like so many people in in societies like India, despite um, modernity and despite you know all the trappings. That we can say, oh, there's a new middle class that's been created. You know, there's wealth that's going around, uh, trickling down, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, so there, it, there is Ajay's predicament, and Nadas is is more the predicament of a of a privileged young, twenty-something um, in 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 any society, but like she happens to be from Delhi and in India, where um, she can, you know, she can basically make mistakes. And, and it's okay, you know, she'll be able to pick up the pieces of her life and still move on. And Ajay, Mm. he has none of that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, he makes one mistake, and, and that's it, he's gone his life yeah,
0: is gone. Yeah, I, I kept thinking with Sunny about that there's a, a a line, something along the lines in, in Forrester's uh, Howard's End, about how the poor always sort of sit on the very, very edge of the vortex, and always uh, about to fall in uh, to a place where there's no return from, uh, while the while the rich never even see the vortex or choose not to look at it and i felt like that's always in the in the back of ajay's mind that he could fall back into that to that life that he had before
1: yeah and and you know and then he he i mean then he goes to to jail and you know he's basically uh, um... God
0: those scenes were terrible to read they were so <laughs> scary
1: <laughs> I know, I know but it's like he's atoning for someone else's sins mm. and that person who who killed all those people will never you know and and, and that's basically the tragedy of of India is that the powerful hold uh, and the and the rich hold so much sway and influence that they will always get away with you know everything Including murder, you know mm. they will, and and that still stands, um, and that's really what I wanted to say.
0: Uh, that the prison scenes, in particular, I I, I found difficult because there it was such a. Uh, just an an abject place, and and even the fact that you put it in in italics to kind of give it an almost otherworldly sense within the, within the text. But it, it, were those difficult to write? I, I found them just you know so yeah. scary.
1: Yeah, they were they were difficult. I mean, I um I spoke to some cops, but also criminals um, who had recently were out on bail, and you know, it's um for research. I what I read. Human Rights Watch reports on prisons, on torture. So, but then again, I was, you know, I, w- I was trying to get at this kind of like psychological prison. But because Ajay, you know, it, it in a way it doesn't even matter where he is because he's, you know, he's what has just happened to him. He's just sitting there and thinking about his his visit to his family, his mother, what just happened to him in that town. So, uh, and then everything else that's, you know, and then he gets the prison education. Um yeah the scenes they weren't easy, and I definitely i i was very um um I really wanted to make sure that the italics separated their them from the rest of the the novel. It was very important to me mm. that you know when you enter the scenes that's like it's a you're also in the prison,
0: yeah, as a reader. I, yeah, yeah, that formal separation made it mm. seem like a little a cage that you exist within for that that period of time,
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: um, there's a small moment with Nida in London that actually registers quite loudly for me. She's approached by a Brit in a bar who professes his love for India, saying it got under his skin when he visited once. And then he drones on about an Indian philosopher and asks her opinion. Her retort is to ask him what he knows about the maypole ceremony. When he knows nothing, she asks why she is meant to know everything about India. When *Age of Vice* became a, a major release for Riverhead, did you worry that you would be asked to become all knowledgeable about India in a way that so often post-colonial writers are asked to stand in for their country of origin?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did. <laughs> You're right that, but I think I've been surprised by the. I mean, I I don't. You know, there are lots of different kinds of people asking you all kinds of questions and yeah there are there are some and they think you're just a stand-in and you know you you you'll be able to ask or answer all the questions or this is a an Indian story I mean this is um it's definitely something that you know when your book becomes popular internationally or your work your story but at the same time I think there is also great awareness of India Hmm. um and an idea that you you don't speak for all indians put that scene in as well because um i used to work as a yoga teacher in goa um, and teach a lot of foreigners and you know there was there was always these funny little incidents happening
0: <laughs> i can imagine them yeah. immediately <laughs>
1: yeah yeah and and, and you know it, it, Uh, Americans especially I, I find it bizarre that they have to end yoga classes with saying namaste to you
0: I mean to each other
1: as well and and I and it's really interesting because well in in India we say namaste at the beginning we don't say it in the end often or we say bye you know or hi we don't you know, have to say namaste all the time to each other. And I, I just find it really amusing when when it happens, even here in, in Europe, you know, especially in these kind of like yoga spaces and misunderstandings are so common. Um, Also ideas of India, spiritual India. I wanted to just kind of like poke people in the eye and say it's not spiritual.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or it's not, you know, there's this idea that it is is one giant spiritual, you know, nexus and that all people are sort of constantly doing yoga and, and, and feeling, you know, the spiritual world differently. Um, That's a, that's a, it's a dangerous idea, and one oh, that unfortunately American uh, yoga has propagated.
1: I know, and and because I I moved around a lot in in these kind of like yoga circles in India, it's also this idea that India is not just spiritual. The poor are happy.
0: Oh gosh, you know.
1: they're smiling at you, so they're happy. You know, there is a simplicity there that we lack. We in the West lack. Hmm. You know, with our you know sort of materialistic desires. I mean, there's all kinds of misconceptions and and I think it was, you know so many of these books that get written about India are often white by, by white people who come to India and India is the site of you know whatever fantasies they have or they, they find themselves in India. So it, you know it was it was it's always interesting to write back.
0: Mm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. So before I let you go, I I wonder if you'd be willing to share a couple of recommendations for my audience, things that Mm -hmm. are sitting on your on your uh, nightstand table and just dying to be read.
1: Yes. Um so I'm I'm currently reading this book called Cremation uh by Rafael Um Shebes. It's it's a Spanish translation, actually it's called Crematoria, and it's set it, it's it feels like a masterpiece. It's a very dense, evocative novel, um uh, which starts off with the death of like a patriarch, uh, the family along the Mediterranean coast, and then every um again this is a, a A piece of spain that in the post-pranco years went from peasant agrarian uh, coastal land to you know very very expensive um vacation spot so it was hyper capitalism builders real estate developers people getting rich overnight and the you know, the moral consequences of that. So it felt kind of similar to the themes of Age of Ice, but it's not. It's very differently written and it's amazing.
0: Oh, I, um, I can't wait. I didn't know about this one and I, I lived in Spain for a while and I, I can't wait for it.
1: I, it's it's amazing, you you would love it because it's again, some it, I was in Madrid last week, and everyone in Spain has read it, and they're all yeah, and 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 it it feels like this book that it's kind of like a secret, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. you start reading it, you're like, okay, this is a masterpiece that I haven't you know, I, why haven't I read? I read an essay in the New York Review of Books about this and immediately got the book. So um and then I was just reading Ishwood again, Christopher Ishwood, his Berlin stories. Mm. I read that just for pleasure, um, you know, because he's so good. And um and some nonfiction about India. Um was always stuff on politics and economics. So that's that's the books on my nightstand at the moment.
0: Well, I'm I'm especially thrilled about cremation, and I'm I'm grateful for you for for bringing it to us. Um, but I'm most grateful for your book, *Age of Vice*, and for the the two others that will that will expand Ajay's um, story for us. And it was such a treat to get to talk to you about it. Thank you so much, Dipti.
1: Chris, thank you so much for your incredible questions and the way you've just been able to summarize the themes of my novel much more eloquently than I ever can. So thank you.
0: Well, I'm flattered. Not true, but I I, I am deeply flattered. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that's all from me for now. Thanks very much to Deepti Kapoor for coming on to talk about the first book in her trilogy of crime novels, Age of Vice. You can find all of Deepti's recommendations linked to burnedbybooks.com. There you'll find all of our previous episodes, ways to get some podcast merch, and a contact form for pitching episodes. Next week, I talk to Priscilla Gilman about her memoir, The Critic's Daughter, about her childhood growing up with a famous drama critic father and an influential literary agent mother. Until then, this has been burned by books.